hello, hey. This is Tia. This is Rose. And welcome to Hood Queen Squared. Hey, y'all. What's up? <laughs> so, uh, last, well, last week, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, a few. Life has happened. <laughs> but we are here to bring part two of childhood trauma mm -hmm. so you know our previous episode we kind of went over a, a social a social media blaze that had got started by boosie and um and him feeling like it was okay to solicit adult women to have sex with his underage child so we kind of went through you know how, how we felt about that whole s subject so if you guys have not listen to part one definitely listen to part one before you listen to part two or you can kind of do it backwards i don't know <laughs> yeah, i'll listen to i'll i will listen to part one just to see where the climate was at <laughs> yeah so and in between that also we touched on other childhood traumas outside of sexual ones we also yeah. talked about verbal mental emotional emotional all the different forms that trauma can come in because we were saying how boxed in they when the public talks about trauma they tend to harp on certain ones and one of the biggest things Tia brought up is <clears throat> saying how childhood trauma is genderless yeah. because <clears throat> oh excuse me because they tend to especially when we're talking about molestation and rape when it's a girl they make it a really big deal which it is but when it's a boy they all always try to downplay it or marry it into his masculinity and sometimes they don't even address it sometimes yeah, or it's just never don't address addressed. it um because society tells boys that that's normal yeah so you know, we talked about taking into manhood yeah so we talked about that uh in part one and so those are um other big things to listen for in part one as we jump in to part two yeah and this is kind of uh our our closeout episode um we're trying to close out hood queen's second season <laughs> you know i was about to say it <laughs> i don't know why i want this to be our third season it feels like it's our third season but we're closing out our second season and um what better way to actually end a season and to bring forth a new season you know you get a little bit of what kind of things that me and rose have been through as children and how it has molded us as adults even some of the, str the struggles that we still deal with so you know you get to hear that and then when we come back next season you know now we can really get, get into the meat and potatoes of what we want this podcast to be so I don't know how we gonna jump into this. I'll say, well, I'll I'll take the leap <laughs> to get the juices going. Look, <laughs> sometimes it takes a brave heart. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just do it. So, um, just on a personal level, for my own self, the different traumas that I have experienced. Um, so I was um, touched inappropriately by a family member. Uh, when I was about five or six and not only was it 
uh, inappropriate, but that led us to ending up in court. And so at 38, or let me see, I'm going to track back to 35, uh, 2018 ending before I turned 36. At the end of 2018, I ended up in therapy at 35. And at 35, I went back to a place where I was five or six. And at that time, I didn't understand why what happened to me in 2018, which was some emotional issue, but it was not a an extreme physical trauma like that. And so while in therapy, trying to understand why I had all these feelings rushing to me like that, I learned I never really dealt with it. Right. Even though we went to court and all this stuff, that person ended up eventually getting out, still being around our family. Now, I don't put myself around that person, but they're still alive and they're still here. So I realized that going to court was extremely traumatic. And you would think that going to court and that person getting locked up would help heal that but I think because no adult stepped in and did any more talking or explaining about it over time it just kind of got pushed to the side like it's taken care of he's right, locked up right and there was that no was more it. discussion there because was no more discussion did our there, part. yeah there was no therapy there was no that went into it so like I said at 35 going to therapy on my own then made me realize that there that that trauma started a lot of things for me that I didn't that I didn't understand as I grew up I realized that so you have that trauma going on then I was also childhood trauma being uh, verbally abused like what would be considered this is how this person is this is how it is it was abuse right. <laughs> As much as I loved my parent, it was abuse because there was no reason that I should have been spoken to the way that I did. But, like I said, everybody say this is just how it is. It's okay. And it was not. Right. It was not. And so now you have a child who already has this issue going on here that we kind of stopped talking about. And now you've already tried to make her even more timid because now you talk to her like she has less value. Right. Even though everybody's like, oh, no, she's great, this, that, and other. But nobody stepped in to say, hey, you this is wrong. This. You shouldn't, that, that's you shouldn't not... do this. <laughs> so, which is a sign of childhood trauma not being properly addressed because, like you said, like that person was talking to you like, either less than or had no value but what did that person go through to become the person they are yeah and i think that's kind of where we was touching on mm-hmm. if you don't properly address childhood Your traumas stuff. yeah and childhood traumas they necessarily have to be sexual nope it can be physical it could be emotional mm-hmm. it could be all those things you know anything that caused a traumatic response from you as a child could be considered childhood trauma and how they deal with that if it's not dealt with properly, and you know, like back in the day, it's what I say go. 
Yeah. What I say and whatever the case may be, there whether no it was wrong story. or right, I'm right. Yeah. You wrong. So you never know what people go through. And I think that's why it was hella brave of you of even tackling that going to counseling to actually just try to figure out why why am I feeling this way? Like why why are these things happening to me? And really kind of going back to five year old Rose. Like that never was properly taken care of. Yeah. And though we got the person who did this to her, now that's the easy part. Because she's still broken. <laughs> yeah, she, that's the she's easy still part. Through is getting that person and holding them accountable. Because whether the justice system throws him to j- to jail or not, you still know your family held that person accountable, whether yeah. they found him guilty or not. Yeah. So they that's the easy part. The hard part is now nurturing this kid and getting them past what was done. Yeah, and then the unfortunate thing with, um, and I'm speaking for African-American families, black families, they don't see therapy as a tool. No. They don't see it as a tool. And why do them, why they, why do white folks want to be in your business? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and therapists can be black. Right. The problem that, is, but that's the thing. Yeah. It's, no. it's, it's not looked at yeah. as, a, as a race. It's looked at as a system. And yeah. The system itself Black people always felt that it was whitewashed. Because, and it's like, the sad part is, they don't want the white people in their business because there's something there. There. Mm-hmm. That should be addressed. That should be addressed. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. it, does, it doesn't They're not trying to help you. Yeah. But so, you ain't either. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't care to help. Right. So, yeah. So, as I, you know, grew from those traumas, I realized in therapy at the time that those also helped guide some of my relationship choices. Yeah. They also... It also helped alter the things that I allow people to do to me. Right. It made me think that I had to be like the savior mm-hmm. for everybody in my family. Right. Because I'm like, okay, if if I am not able to take care of everybody and things fall apart, it that would stress it me reflect, out. Yeah. It reflected on it me not doing my part. Even though it ain't got nothing to do with you. It don't got nothing to do with me. Nobody really helped me get to where I am as far as my family and I had to you know definitely going through therapy I had to explain to some people that if you help me as a child until I got out of high school I was a child right that was y'all job yeah I don't owe y'all nothing y'all birthed me into this family whatever my mom couldn't do and y'all stepped in to help you helped her right you didn't help me Mm -mm. not that I don't appreciate it but I don't owe you anything because since I've been out of high school, I've had my own place. Right. And I have not had to dig in nobody's pocket. Right. I have not had to dig in nobody's pocket. So I had to correct that. Mm-hmm. And in correcting that, I was able to correct my own thoughts through therapy. Like, yeah, because that's not your responsibility. Right. But you were so beaten down trying to protect people from... Somebody told you this person was not safe yep. and that now you're trying to protect somebody from that person. No, not your job. Right. None of that as a child is your job. And so what I've learned to do with my own kids is try to do my damnedest to not send them off with, those with the, or, or not, not try to send them off, but to send them off with the least amount of trauma. Because yeah. at the end of the day, because they were not raised like me, there will still be something that's traumatic for them. Yeah, and it, I can't, I can't know what it is because it's their experience. Yeah. So my job is those things that I know 
talking to you like you have no value, kids carry that. Right. Why I know that? Because I was one of those kids. Right. Doing things to you or not giving you any worth or value, that messes with a kid. Why do I know? Because I was that kid. So anything yeah. that I know definitely to be truth, that emotionally, mentally bother me, I try not to put that onto on my kid. own kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's all you can do. I mean, at the end of the day, especially if some people don't internalize from trauma the same. No. You know, you have some people who succumb to it. And then you have some people who say, this happened to me. I would never let this happen to my kid. Then you have some people say, well, this happened to me. And look how I turned out. Right. Right. That's the person who don't really care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they, they don't really care. And they feel because nobody has nurtured that person. <laughs> yeah. Look or, at you. Look at you. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And then the cycle the, the cycle continues. So it's like it depends on how you internalize trauma trauma or traumatic experiences. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you looked at it and said, This made me feel like nothing. Yeah. Do I want that feeling for somebody that I care about? That kind of where parenthood comes from and yep. not and wanting to protect them from the things that you know has to be tra trauma. <laughs> but like you said, Trauma could be I had a bad grade. Yep. And I can't get through this class. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to and say it. I don't yeah, want to so feel they, like trauma, I'm not smart Their enough. trauma will their be trauma different. Their trauma could be something different. So it's it's like as a parent, you 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 could try to protect them from the woes. <laughs> yeah. That you know for the certain. <laughs> this, right. The certain. The, the certain yeah, the things. The woes. You, you won't have to deal with that. And, and it won't come from me. Right. Because the world going to be the world. The world is going to be the world. Yeah. And people are going to be people. Yep. And family is going to be family. And you can only protect them from yeah. what you see. <laughs> but you also have to make it a, 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 a comfortable space for them to tell you when trauma has happened. Yep. And that sometimes is the hardest thing when you yourself is dealing with trauma that hasn't been resolved. You don't yeah. know what a safe space feel like because you've been living oh, in Lord. hell that is, all your life. But that is so <laughs> true. That is That is so true. So it's like and I can, we both had to sit in that situation, right. trying to be a safe space for your own kids. But you yourself don't really know what a safe space <laughs> yeah, feels so like. like. You're trying to create something like okay, right? Because you, I want to go off. Right. Something going on with you, I and if I off. didn't cause it, yeah. what is going on? Yeah. But like you said, we are pacing, trying to figure ourselves out, and mm -hmm. in doing that. We we learn as we go, and I I do believe that now you know dealing with Ariana, she's twenty, so she's she's embarking on adulthood in herself. But I do think that every adult that recognizes their own trauma owes it to themselves and the kids that they're raising to deal with it. Yeah, you know, I agree. because sometimes you have some people who have went through trauma and are excellent parents, do everything right. They, they provide that safe space for the kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you have some people who mentally just not able to internalize what happened to them and able to see positivity outside of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got you got different ways of approaching trauma. But I do believe that any adult that's raising kids who have had to deal with a, a serious traumatic experience that's hindering you from seeing the safe space for yourself you owe it to yourself to seek somebody. I know for me, I say that and I feel like I do still want to go and seek someone. Um, I, I, I've even made, you know, phone calls into looking into 
um, where I could go to talk to someone. Yeah, because no, I definitely, I know my, my, my uh, <laughs> therapy sessions is not over. I've been trying to find the right one because it's important. Me too. It's I want, really important I want the right to have one. the right person. Because the thing is, I think when you're dealing with trauma and you deal with it and you try to resolve it so late in life, yeah. you have trust issues. And if I'm going to unpack yeah. this sensitive baggage onto someone, I need to know that you're going to take this and then you're going to help me through it. I don't yeah. want you to look at this and be like, oh, I think you need this medication. I think that's what black people yeah. link to uh, psychology and, and therapy yeah. is that uh, they might tell me I'm crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. Well, they, well I think because of stuff that happens to people when they want to talk about it, yeah, they believe uh, people gonna think I'm crazy, and it's yeah. like there's so many people because they don't talk. That's why I look crazy. Go crazy. Yeah, but that's why I look crazy. <laughs> yeah. You got four people that said it, but it happened to a thousand people. Right. But the rest of the people not gonna say nothing. Exactly. And the four people that said, of course, those four people look crazy. Right. Now. Never because diagnosed. it only happened to y'all three. It only happened to y'all yeah, four. Right. Y'all the only four yeah. people have to. Okay. <laughs> do y'all know each other? Right. But it's like, but that's what it do. It marginalizes who has it. But if more people spoke up and said, said something, something, it became it makes it normal. And it, it, you you've created <laughs> Yeah, a you normal... created the space to you... say, hey, this ain't cool. These right. people need help. This this is a problem that needs to be addressed. It needs to be addressed. I agree. Yeah. So <laughs> like, like <laughs> you and your nervous laughter. <laughs> okay, um, I realize that's that's, that's like me. what you do when that's you get me. when you get nervous. That is me because I I try to. It's our go to emotion. I try to laugh instead of crying. Yeah, it's our go to. And emotion. I know when I talk about me, I get emotional. Yeah. So I hate my life. <laughs> All right. So anyway, she doesn't hate her life. Kind of, sort of, but not really. <laughs> I hate what it used to be. So, for me, so, my childhood trauma was, I was raped at five. By a family friend. <laughs> I wouldn't call him a friend, but he was a friend of the family. Um, And, let's see, how to internalize a lot of the stuff. So, I'm pretty sure if you lived in a close-knit neighborhood, most neighborhoods had the candy house. This house sold, like, you know, icy. Mm-hmm. They sold little candy. Popcorn balls. Popcorn balls. Yeah, all that stuff, right? And every neighborhood kid goes to this house to go get snacks. It was not the norm. I mean, it wasn't out of the norm. So, it wasn't like I trailed off and did something I wasn't supposed to do. No, I was given a dollar <laughs> to go get me and my um and the the young lady that was at the home with us. I won't say their names because that's their story. <laughs> but um me and this young lady's daughter was sent to the candy house to go get ices. So we go down there, we go up to the candy house, um, tell them we want ices, and then we were told that we had to come in the house because the ices were in the back. So, because we always do this, this is not something that's out the norm. We all kind of, you know, went in there. You know, like, that was the the neighborhood. Yeah. 
they were they were positive people, I guess you could say. So we long story short, it was a house where people allowed their kids to go to. Exactly, like it wasn't like <laughs> it, it was, was a it was a trail like off somewhere. somewhere Everybody let their to, kids go to the house I was because they money to go. Yeah. Get me but ice like they assumed this was a safe space, this safe space, and that's why the kids could go there. And no parents would walk them there. Exactly, that's just go like get, everybody candy house. That Miss Dottie Dottie house, right. blah blah blah, and you go and you go. Yeah, it was. It, I went there before, yeah. and nothing has ever happened. So this particular day, we was told that we had to go towards the back to get the icy. So um, the young lady, one of the guys, escorted the, the little girl, and might I add, we were both five. I think I were five. I won't say we both were five. We were both young, around the same age. I don't know exactly how old the, the other little girl was. So, she was led to a, one room. I was led to another. So, in that space, I don't remember what happened. It, I don't know if I blacked out. I don't know. All I remember is going into the room. And then, the next memory that I have is one of my family members submerging me in a tub of hot water. And, of course, because this is a memory and not necessarily me recounting it. Uh, like from that day, it's it's like you looking at yourself in third person. So I see myself fragments, in, right? <laughs> because I would let like later on in the story, you'll see why I say this is my memory. Yeah, this is not this is a dream. It's not necessarily like I'm recounting it as I saw it. So I was so I was submerged into hot water, and like I said, this is a dream that this is a memory that I'm seeing. So I see myself and it what appears to be as my private parts open. Mm-hmm. So I'm crying, but all I feel is somebody submerging me into this yeah. water. So then, like I said, you know, then it gets foggy. The next memory I remember, uh, going through a phase where I wasn't I, like, I wasn't talking. I didn't talk. And they were trying to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And my sister had came and we're both kids. So I'm five. So that makes, my sister had to be, because we were four years, so she had to be eight going on nine or nine. So my sister is slamming me against the wall like, Tia, what's going on? Like, you know, slamming me. Like, and then I tell her what happened. I really don't remember a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, trauma. like, we, trauma. That's what it is. Unfortunately, does. my family did not handle this situation correctly. Um, Lord rest my mama's soul. But from her, all the way down to the house where I was at. Nobody handled it correctly. Because, unfortunately, I grew up believing that this was a nightmare. Because people told me that it didn't happen. And people never wanted to talk to me about it. So, I used to have these nightmares as kids. And I would try to talk to my mom. And my mom would be like, why are you trying to talk to me about that? Like, you know, like, don't talk to me about that. And I, you know, and I never understood why why she acted like that like i'm telling you that i'm having these nightmares so it got yeah. to the point where i was scared to be at the house by myself i was scared to be alone like i didn't want to be by myself so it was like i don't i don't know what's going on with me i didn't find out <laughs> that those dreams were reality until i was damn near 20 i'm 36 now yeah <laughs> I was damn near 20. I remember me and my cousin laid up one night just talking and shooting and shit. And we start talking about 
raped and she was telling me how she had been raped and then i was like yeah and i'm i'm just you know i'm sympathizing with her i'm like whoa like nobody said nothing blah blah blah. you know we're talking and then she said yeah it was right around the time that it happened to you and i said what I'm like happened to me and she was like yeah it was right around the same time and then i'm like come again right like explain yeah so she goes into telling me how the person who raped me actually gave me an std and that's how they knew that i wasn't lying about being raped yeah i also found out that i was hospitalized and my mom refused to come to the hospital then i also found out in this night that not only was i hospitalized my mom did not come but i was taken away right around the same time this was going on another relative of mine i would not say her name because i know she's still dealing with her own trauma she was raped by a family member so they made it seem like oh that didn't happen to her because they're so her and t is so close t is the reason why she's saying this when the girls when oh, my cousin, wow. yeah so when my cousin is telling me all this not the one that you know was touched but the girl who was kind of giving me this revelation when she's talking to me about this she's talking to me like i should know this mm-hmm. and i'm saying to myself is that why because as a kid i wonder why i was no longer allowed to hang out with this cousin anymore like this is we used to be joined at the hip and it got to the point where I couldn't go over the house no more. So I was being alienated from my family. Not even real, realizing why I was being alienated. Because yeah, you had no clue. Had no clue. Like, yeah. I had a feeling. But because the dreams used to be so real. Yeah. And unfortunately, not really unfortunately, but thank the Lord. That I don't remember the act itself. Mm-hmm. Because he penetrated me. Yeah. Which is the reason why i was hospitalized yeah you know what i'm saying it wasn't like you rubbed against me you actually yeah, no physically yeah inserted yourself inside of a fucking five-year-old so i didn't know this yeah two months ago i found out that i was actually hospitalized i she told me that i went to the hospital but never no, really detail went. detail two months ago talking to someone i won't say their name but found out that i was actually hospitalized so this was some shit that I had. I was in the hospital for weeks. And I can't even imagine. It's like here you are, you know, you are recanting or not recanting, but telling the parts of the story that you know, but to have somebody, not yourself, have more detail on your life than you do. Like I experienced it and I know nothing. And to have somebody else because tell you your story, I can only imagine how you like, all my what? life. <laughs> I've always felt like I was different yeah but I always latched on to people so it was like I don't know if it's because people start distancing like distancing their self from me that I had I developed an urge of wanting to to be a part of people who didn't really want nothing to do with me yeah, not yeah, necessarily yeah. like that but like your attachments i, I, I was attached i yeah, was easily attached. I, I easily attached to people like because yeah. i wanted people to like yeah. me i wanted people to love me i wanted people to be around me yeah and i took that and i and i carried that along 
in life, holding on to friendships that shouldn't have been around. And I think that comes with trauma because that's the same thing I described. It's like you don't realize the relationships and the things you let people do because you just want you want to be held on to. You don't want to disappoint these people, even though you like, what the hell am I getting out of this? What, but when you're in it, that's not what you think. You don't know. Yeah. You know, and then it got to the point where I think people fail to realize that that trauma don't just go to, to, it didn't just go to me. Yeah, no. You have to think of the sister who was responsible to watch you. This happened on her watch. Now, mom looking at you like, you wasn't watching your sister. Another kid who's been accused of something as they're watching their sister go through something. Yeah. So that wasn't the only fucked up thing that happened out of this. I told them who did it. Said the name. And because somebody in my family did something that wasn't supposed, that was looked, that would be frowned upon. They did something to a member of that person's family. And because this is my assumption, not necessarily an assumption. This is something that been told told to me after I found out a lot of the shit that that happened and I started really asking questions and they started telling me, well, this is why this happened. This is why that happened. I found out that because they were trying to hide something that a member of my family did, they basically sacrificed me. Like the adults came together and made a decision on how it was going to be handled. On how it was going to be handled. But they also to take the heat off of this person until they can get that young man out of Oakland or out of California and back to the, his hometown, which I later found out was Louisiana. They they said because I told them, fuck it, you know what, fuck it. I told them that the person who did it was June. Mm-hmm. Said the name June. So <laughs> they sat there and said that I that I told them that it was Junior. Junior meaning my brother. So they said that that's who I named was my brother. Said that my brother had touched me and had had, had did this to me. So one, we never called my brother Junior. Yeah. He has never been Junior. He's always been either Randy or Lil Randy. Mm-hmm. He has never been Junior. So they said that that's, that's the name that I said. So now, not only do you have the kid who's been raped, trauma one. Then you got the kid who was supposed to be watching the kid, trauma two. Now y'all saying, now you telling my brother that I said that it was him who did it. Trauma three. So because now you didn't train wreck the whole family. You didn't train wreck the whole fucking family. It was only three of us. So then now you now you go back. They my they had to take my brother to a hospital to get tested because the only reason why they didn't go along with the shit that they were saying is because the person who raped me gave me gonorrhea. My brother never had it. He didn't have it. He had no records of ever having it. And that was the only reason why. The story never continued that it was my brother. But they were so ready but, to ship him, to put to put the label on him when all these adults are knowing. Yeah. It's a it's a fucked up feeling. Because nobody to this day has ever talked to me about it. When I try to talk to my mom about it, she used to always be like, Well, you know, this is the reason why they did it. But it was even like 
like I said, don't get me wrong. I love my mama. Rest in peace. But it still was like, even that answer was almost like, it ain't nothing we can do. This is what he did. Like, it was justification. It wasn't taking a responsibility. It was just like, oh, well, you know, the reason why they never said nothing is because X, Y, and Z was doing this. But you let, you allowed them to yeah. sacrifice me? So it was like, so dealing with that, dealing with the fact that people alienated themselves from me because I don't know if I was just a risk, you know, like tainted. But I never knew that's what it was behind because, like I said, growing up, I thought it was a bad fucking dream. And every yeah. time I tried to talk to it, talk about it to anyone, nobody talked to me about it. So when my cousin, thank the Lord, that we was just sitting up there talking to shit and she said what she said, it started to have me going to ask questions. Yeah. So now it dawned on me. It, it, it was like, okay, so this is why I kept getting shipped off. Because my mama kept shipping me off. Because regardless of what was going on with me you still wanted to be free you can't go take your kid over here because this didn't happen so now i'm gonna send you to your uncle okay that ain't working she she, she she's still crying she still can't sit in there by herself all right bring her back home we're gonna send her to my to, to her grandfather Oh, she's she out there. She's crying. She she can't. She want to come back home. I'm gonna bring her back here. But I used to be scared of being in the house by myself. Latching on to toxic ass relationships that maybe I shouldn't have, because that person is showing me interest. You know what I'm saying? Like I really feel like if they would have sat me down and really talked to me, I probably wouldn't have been a teenage mother, because I was petrified of sex. I was petrified. I remember my first time like it was yesterday. I remember the first time being asked to do certain sexual acts and breaking down crying like, I don't want to do it. Like, don't make me do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then it was like, sex is a tool. Desensitize yourself from it. Because don't nobody give a fuck about what's going on sexually with you. Because don't nobody want to talk to you about sex. Yeah, I know for me, even with... Um I was in a relationship with my ex-husband at 14. Right. Like, that's when I met my kid's dad at 14. But I remember that he took care of me. Right. And that is what kept us together. And that was... It drew me to him. But that was Ariana. Yeah. That's it. He, he took care of me. <laughs> that was Ariana. And it's like, and just like you said, had some adult addressed some past issues, then it probably could have get... Because I was smart. I was right. a smart kid. I knew all about sex. I was right. in the sex education classes right. when I was eight. Like, I knew all the fine medical details. But guess what? I had no yeah. real clue about being approached by somebody right. asking me about sex mm -hmm. or being no, not knowing that emotionally I can feel attached to somebody and then that would lead me to letting them do something to me exactly. because of that, because of my emotions. Not because they love me, not because none of the other things, but because I feel that they care about me, they care of me, I'm supposed to do and that. See, and that, was, that comes with it. And it's interesting you say that because yeah. that's the same attachment that I had to Ariana's father. Yeah. No, that's what it I'm saying. Just that, because when yeah. you said that, like, had he somebody addressed things, he then you would me. know that that does not mean you have to do those things. Exactly. And it was like, and because he did, he started feeling like he had control. And it was like, once the baby came, it was like, we both made that decision to keep the pregnancy, not terminate. It was like, oh, I got her where I want her. And I'm going to do her any kind of way. And he did that to me 
the whole nine months. Yeah. I was suicidal. I used to sit in my room crying, but allowing people to do that to you because you're you don't you don't have a safe yeah. space. You don't know where the safe space is at. But the one thing that I can honestly say that I am proud that I do have is I have pride. Yeah. So once I gave birth to Ariana, I think Ariana was only like maybe she wasn't even a week old. I ended that relationship, and I was just like, "Fuck that! I'm not about to keep getting treated like this." And because I knew that I had that emotional attachment, I had to leave. So I made the conscious decision when my daughter was two and a half months to leave from staying over here with my mom and to move in with my grandmother because I needed to be away. Yeah. So it was like, even though I never really knew where this trauma was coming from or why I felt the need to latch on to people just because they, they showed me interest or they, or they gave me love, but I gave so much to them to take care of yep yep i didn't take care of me and that's because i didn't know you know what i'm saying i i honestly and it was like when i did find out it's not even necessarily like find out like it's a revelation it was almost like once i got that notion like this was never this was not a bad dream this was life this happened to you yeah now i started looking at the family members that were involved and I'm just like and I wanted to ask questions because to this day they are still friends with the person who raped me and I ain't gonna say molest I ain't gonna say traumatized me raped a five-year-old the same person that y'all call y'all favorite childhood names to me the same person that when anytime any person needs me I'm there same motherfucker y'all are friends with this person and it was like that hurt it. Yeah. Oh, when I found that out, I think it was maybe about a year or two ago. It hurt it. But at the end of the day, this is what trauma does because you wind up being uh, a slave to it. A slave to it. And you also. A prisoner to it. More <laughs> like a prisoner to it. Right. And it's almost like when it's not addressed, you start to uh, attach yourself to those who have traumatized you. And it's almost to the point where I wanted to blast everybody. Mm-hmm. I was more afraid of losing them. Yeah. But like you said, to get it off of my chest. Yeah. But like you said, when you've been nurtured that these tra- uh, toxic relationships right. are the ones you are in. Because if you're in that, you got a toxic relationship with your parent. It breeds other toxic relations. Why? Right. Because even though they toxic, that's the person who care for you. That's the person. But it's just like you said. Then you get a relationship. That's the person who care for you. And they and you exactly. And and it'd be like and you and then you. It's like almost. I was so emotionally, an emotional dependent. Like I put so much on people' plate to take care for me. Yeah. And not realizing that that shit was for me to take care of. You know what I'm saying? It was just almost like okay, whatever you want. You know, I want to make you happy. I want, I want, I want you to be happy because you're making me happy. Yeah, and that's how we all we and get then, away from our own problems. Exactly. We make this person happy. If I can and see then, you happy, and then I'm focused on you. <laughs> yeah, I can see you happy. That's really what's making me. That's happy. That's what's making me happy. And because now you might not even be happy. And you may not be happy. But I but, see. <laughs> but you know what? Because you're so used to putting yourself on a back burner, yep. it don't feel, it don't it <laughs> feel normal being back there. Yeah. So it's like okay. I'm going to allow you to do this. I'm going to allow this to happen. I'm going to allow for you to be like this. But the one thing, like I said, I can honestly say, 
It's my pride. It, it gets to the point where I've lived in misery so long that I could walk away from a situation that I really, really want, that I really, really love, and I'll just hurt by myself. Yeah. Because I've learned how to internalize my own pain. But sometimes when you internalize too much pain, it explodes. Yep. And you don't know where it's going to explode. Is it going to explode on the person that's really there for you? Is it going to explode on the people that's around you? Is it going to explode where it should be exploding? Or it can come out in sickness and other yep. things because you didn't held it in. And then people don't know what's going on with you. Right. <laughs> like right. you said. Or we were talking about the about people trying to get therapy and believing you're crazy. Mm -hmm. It's like People like, what's going on? Because if nobody know details, the few people know details, clearly they ain't said nothing. Right. So the rest of the world don't know, but all they see is your reaction yeah. to stuff that you've been carrying inside of you. And then, like you said, you carry that shit in all the relationships, whether it's friendships, uh, relationships that you have with your family, whether it's a romantic relationship, you carry yep. that all the way through. And then sometimes, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not really fully understanding what's going on within your own self it's hard for you to tell somebody what you're going through so you wind up not saying nothing and this person don't even know what you're going through but it's a it's a it's a hindrance yeah it's a hindrance and it, and it got to the point where for me i said dating wasn't safe for me because i kept making a bad decision yeah so girl every day <laughs> We laughing at this bicyclist that just passed up with his rap music. He won't let people know that he for the cause. But um, but it got to the point where I said dating wasn't safe for me. Yeah. I wasn't emotionally ready to be dating people because I want to love. And I want to I wanna feel like people want that love. Yeah, and, and we, like, we love at all costs. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> as I said, definitely getting therapy helped me learn that. Is that you are... You compensate um, yourself or you, you sell out yourself. Like you don't even worry about what you're doing because you spend all the energy trying to put it into other people. Exactly. When really you need to put more into you so then when somebody comes, they can adjust around the love you have for yourself. Exactly. But for a long time, I was showing up with an empty glass exactly still pouring <laughs> pouring into other people yeah. expecting to get something out, out of, of that but it's like yeah. how can they take time and understand and care for you one you don't really share your story no and the because way you scared. show yeah and but the <laughs> way you show them is that you over love them yeah you get you give them everything you make your time work for them you try to provide things to make them happy right it's a them 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 and you forget situation. about you and you forget about you, you forget so about not you. only are you forgetting about you but this person probably haven't even had time to think about you who has time when you provide me with everything them, i need them, them. And, yeah. and, and, and the thing is is when because if you take it into the reverse right if you don't look at do if you don't look at it from your own perspective what if that person has been through some trauma himself yep right and maybe he ain't never felt somebody love him before. So now you're giving him love, 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 love. You're giving them attention, attention, attention. And even though they don't know how to internalize what you're giving them, they like how I feel. Yep. Not realizing that it's actually selfish <laughs> to take, 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 take. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, your cup is over full, full filling and you yeah. ain't even thought to tip it over and pour a little bit back into mine. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's like you wind up, once you can look at yourself and see your issues, and find a way to eternalize it 
you can you you get a little bit more comfortable telling people your story. Yeah. The first person that I, I said something to, I felt like used it against me. Mm-hmm. And now I felt like the one person who knew my life from when I was a kid. I ain't gonna, you know, it's my fucking story. Oh fucking well, if he listened to this podcast, you gonna know who the fuck you are. My baby daddy. Yeah. You knew my life. Yeah. And the one person who knew my life, you knew what I was going through. You knew the type of living situations we were in because nigga, we stayed right next to each other and we were each other's ear. So we talked a lot. He knew about the fucking dreams. You knew about what was going on. And you took that and you used it against me. Oh, I got her where I want. And that's how I felt. Whether it was how he attended it, that's yeah. how I felt. I got her where I want her. She's pregnant. So she's going to always be around. And now I'm going to do what the fuck I wanted to Because leading up to that, I never had issues. Yeah. And I wasn't even through the first trimester. Before I started seeing girl after girl after girl. And it was just like, you fucking with me on the one thing that is my fucking... Is, that's my insecurity. Yeah. And the one person who knows this, you're using it against me. And it, was, and it got to the point where I had to learn that relationship. You know what I'm saying? And really internalize it and forgive it. And I forgave him for a lot of the shit that he did. But then I, I looked at it... Okay. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like I, I finally forgave. I forgave him for everything that we went through. I just know I would never go through it again. But I learned moving on that you got to fix what's going on with you. Yep. You got to fix it because even though you're a nice person, you're good to people, you love on people, you want to love, not everybody is ready to accept the type of love that you want to give them. And then you're probably not even ready to give that type of love. You may be giving a little bit too much. Yep. So that's why I said now, looking back at a lot of things, because I ain't even touched on everything. You know, that's just the, the 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 sprinkling on the top. But now I'm left to say, do I pull these family members to the side and talk to them? Or do I just let that be and go talk to a therapist? Which I'm pretty sure that travels back to family. Because I love my family. Yeah. I love my family to no fault. Even the shit that I know. I would hate for my truth to be the end of our, 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 our connection, our bond. But then I had to really tell myself over this last past year that if you telling your truth on something that happened to you at five years old. It wasn't like Tia was 16 and got herself into some fucked up situation. Yeah. No. Five years old, if you telling your truth from five years old stops people from wanting to be around you, that's they, then that's they them. were never meant to yeah. be around you. That's them all the way. That's them all the way. You can stop You can stop or say you're going to not love me or not have this connection because... Y'all knew and made wrong decisions that we know was wrong. That if we put you or your child or any child in this family, right. if we discuss it at a today thing and we put one of these kids that we can pick out in our family in that situation, we all going to agree that that wasn't the right way to do it. If now I'm talking to you about it and that caused you to want to break away or not talk to me, bye. Because hindrance... 
the person who raped me has never had to face any type of charge. Yeah. He's never been held accountable. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and then do you think that, okay, damn, Tia has a baby. When Ariana turned five years old, I used to have, I used to wake up in the middle of the night in, in, in fucking cold sweats because I used to fear that what happened to me could happen to her. So that stopped me from even wanting to be in relationships because I didn't trust men mm-hmm. around her. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, and then, you know, like growing up, even though that's a sick way of thinking about shit, but it was like, cause we so close in age. I would never want to put my kid in a situation where somebody come in here and look at her in a way where it's sexual. Yeah. So like you, you get, if you don't take care of that trauma, if you don't take care of your trust issues, they will haunt you in the end. So we, we ain't going to keep on. We can, I can, I can talk about this till I'm blue in the face. Yeah, no, I think we, we conquered exactly what we (laughs) plan to do. We want to share a little bit of our personal story because we, can talk about generalizations of topics right all day long but when you know or when you hear us talk about things we typically talk about things that we have a personal stake in yeah that we've walked through with our own shoes so we're not yeah. just reading you an article yeah article off of the or telling news. you what, should, what you yeah. should feel <laughs> it's like we, no. we're sharing our I own am childhood trauma <laughs> yeah we're a walk-in poster <laughs> am childhood trauma and i am adulthood trauma because i've never even dealt with my childhood trauma so that's one of the things just talking about it and not really breaking down is a is an accolade because when i talk about it i get emotional because it's like how can people be so careless you know like you have you have a you have a duty to your children to give them the best that you got you got you know and your best may look different than somebody else's best but long as you giving your child the best opportunity to be a functioning adult then you've done your job as a parent and look at i'm gonna repeat something that i said in the first episode in case you didn't listen to it as a parent when you have adult children and they're telling you about traumas that you caused don't brush it over your shoulder don't do it address it with them yep talk through it all you can do you can't go backwards but you can't you hold the keys to allow that child to move on now if y'all discuss it and they still can't get past it they may need other assistance that you might can't give right but what you can do on your part is own up is own up to it yep now whether that fixed a situation or not you can't you can't make that happen and don't hit them with the well that's how you feel yeah no even if you feel like they're feeling wasn't justified and and make sure that yeah make them feel uh, validated validated it's not i'm not crazy i didn't think this up this happened validated yes it happened yes we was wrong ownership is so huge to me it is so huge. it is that's like one in all throughout my life whether it's work life if you, if especially if I know the truth, right, and you don't take ownership, that makes that, me cancel people out yeah, so fast. Yeah. I can cancel you so fast it, because if you can, if you can sit there and don't don't fess up to it or don't own up to it, and you know I know, then it's I'm like done. you're not you're not worth it. No, because <laughs> you can't be fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and sometimes it's it, simple it's, stuff, but it's sometimes it is hard to own up to some of the most messed up things that you could do. But owning up to shit is not only for the person you're owning it to. Yeah. 
it's also for you because now you've lifted something off of you. Yeah, you don't got to carry it. Live your truth. Be who you are. So it's like, you know, you she just said it. <laughs> we don't need to say no more. Live your truth. Live your truth. Be who you are. If your truth does something to cause other people to not be happy, oh well. Because in these times and ages, especially with all the stuff going on in the world, you got to be sure of yourself. You do. You have to be sure of yourself. And if broken pieces is you. And when you're in trauma. Yeah. Create a positive space for you to be in. That is so important for you not to put negativity in a situation where you're trying to deal with a traumatic situation. If you know you're, you're, you're fragile, do not put people who do not have your best intentions in your circle. Because that right there causes even more trauma. Because you got somebody fighting against you on some shit that you already done been through. I, I really true. I just feel like sometimes, you know, like when you're going through stuff, you put the wrong people around you, wrong people in your circle, and some people like to see you down. You can't want them type of people and you never heal. Yeah, very true. And you got to come to the point where you can see that because that goes back to what we said. You... So used to toxic relationships, so you, you think it's normal. Toxic friendships, toxic yeah, right. uh, intimate relationships. You you believe that that's how it should be, and it shouldn't. I say, well, we're going to close this thing out. We definitely are. Um, what I'm just going to say, it's a line from this song I like. I cannot think of this young lady's name right now, but her song says, uh, "The broken will be beautiful." So no matter how much childhood trauma or any type of trauma that you've experienced and how much you feel like it breaks you into pieces, that's what mosaics are. Pieces of broken everything, dishes right. and glasses. And when you see somebody turned into beautiful art, that's what we are. We're mosaics. Right. Because no matter what was meant to break us and make us not be successful, here we are. Here we are. Beautifully said. I also would like to add, um, we thank you guys for taking this journey with us um, in season two of Hood Queens. Uh, we we definitely look forward to having better content and more interactive things going on in season three. I also would like to personally open my line for anybody who may have either went through childhood trauma or currently going through adulthood trauma. Um, if you ever need someone to talk to, um, my social media inboxes are always open. Um, if we're friends, hit me on my personal. If not, go ahead and um, friend Hood Queens on Facebook. Or we here. Hood Queens Podcast on Instagram. We are definitely here. We would definitely love to, to um, open that avenue for anybody who may think that they want to talk to somebody. But we definitely encourage that if you have went through some type of childhood or adult trauma any kind of trauma that you feel like you cannot handle in your on your own to seek out um therapy you know even though we're ear we're not doctors mm -mm, not at all but <laughs> i got a directory because i've been looking for me once mm -hmm. <laughs> I yeah, got a directory. So, so just um keep us in y'all prayers we will keep you guys in your prayers we know it's a sensitive time right now with the climate of our country um i do encourage you guys to make sure that you vote even though we talk about childhood trauma i want to end some of this adult trauma 
but definitely um you know keep on listening in you know keep on giving us your feedback uh rose will give you a spill on how to uh leave your feedback on apple no that's what i said she yeah. would but we're gonna do that in our opening for season three so uh definitely keep hood queens on your your cell phones your media devices whatever it is that you listen to us on um keep on listening you know we here so in traditional hood queens fashion we are out, out. <laughs>